I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial. And today, I am solo. I am by myself today, and it feels so good to just be channeling my inner power, my inner being, and just doing me. And if you haven't already, I'd love for you to subscribe to my channel. And if you feel called, like this video, share it with a friend, because this is news, this is information, this is energy worth sharing and spreading. And I am so grateful to you all who have already done so. And today, I just am feeling called to talk a lot about stepping into your power and stepping into your power authentically and honestly, because I am just so inspired by a lot of the young women that are in the entertainment space. Let me just put it that way, like whether it be uh, hip hop or rap or um any other kind of genre of music, I really, let me just speak specifically for hip hop and rap because I have really just been inspired by Lotto, by uh, A Sexy Red, by Glorilla, by a lot of these, um, I think Lay Banks is her name. A lot of the younger artists that are Cyana that are coming in with so much confidence, grit, rawness, and they're doing it so authentically. And I know this is such a controversial topic, especially for millennials, especially the older millennials, because, you know, we've been groomed and programmed to have such a, a, a view around professionalism, about what's proper for ladies, what's proper for men. And a lot of these young artists are really breaking that mold. And really channeling what is their own personal power based on the environment in which they grew up in. And that's why I, it's important to kind of frame, frame this conversation around that. Because a lot of who we are is definitely shaped by where we come from. And of course, we have this soul design. But oftentimes, our soul design calls forth these experiences in our childhood that are traumatizing in our neighborhoods that are ghettos and, and drug-ridden and, and, and violent so that we can have the experience to know what it is to, to survive and also especially to thrive. And, and that's cliche, and I've said that so many times before, yet these uh, women, especially like a sexy red, coming from the environment that she came from in East St. Louis, you know, is, it's, it's deplorable. Let's just be honest. Let's be fucking real about where these people are coming from in terms of the energy that they bring to the world. And of course, it's ratchet, it's hood, it's all of that. But the environment itself is incredibly ratchet. It's incredibly violent. It's incredibly hood. It's incredibly, it's, it tests your very limits of humanity, of existence. And this is what this woman called forth for her journey. 
and and look how how beautiful and how fantastic and ghetto fabulous she is in doing it. And it really reminds me of this film. It's an old film from the 90s, I believe, early 2000s called BAPS. It's like Black American princesses or something like this. And it starred Halle Berry. And I believe it was directed by Robert Townsend or produced or something like this. And I remember loving it. <laughs> and I even think that like Destiny's Child did their um one of their bootylicious, did one of their music videos inspired by that BAPS energy too. Because when I was growing up, and I'm just being real about my own personal experience, I was very much sheltered from that kind of lifestyle, like the, the gold teeth and that long, long nails and the, the updos and the blonde hair and the ghetto, the ghetto fabulousness of, of women, especially black women. And now that I think about it, it's like, it was like, it's kind of painful to feel for me right now that that was considered bad or ugly or distasteful or non-ladylike because these were definitely women and these were women who had children and who were raising children with little to nothing and were doing it as fabulously as they could and to me that's like the definition of a goddess is when you're taking nothing or alchemy if you will and you're taking nothing and you're creating gold and and Namely, they'd be wearing gold jewelry, gold, gold teeth, gold everything. And this was something that I was taught to look down upon and was 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 it considered less than and I needed to talk differently and talk properly. And, you know, I had short nails and they, they couldn't be wild colors and they couldn't have designs and um and I mean, what gold teeth? Are you kidding me? Like my mom was a dentist. Like that was like so not like a thing. <laughs> so you would think about it. Like these were really programs that in in teachings that were part of my childhood, in in really minimizing the black woman image, and the ghetto black woman image, the ghetto fabulous black woman image. And to see it so loud and and mainstream and celebrated as it is now in a in a artist like Sexy Red to me is like fucking amazing. Okay, because this is really taking what has been um, put down in many ways, demonized, ridiculed, and now it's it's celebrated. It's up on a pedestal. And a lot of the criticism that 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 sexy red is getting from I I believe older generations or maybe even some younger generations is that oh this taints our young girls or or this taints you know the the you know our people young people's minds with this kind of language, and I really challenge us to be very thoughtful <laughs> around rap lyrics, not hip hop lyrics, rap lyrics. And especially what has been said about women and rap lyrics, because I honestly cannot think of one rap song where an artist, a male artist especially, has not talked about pussy, coochie, vagina, anything in the in the most like doggy way. You know what I'm saying? Like this is such a part of the language and lyrics of hip of of rap music or trap music, or ratchet music, or however you want to call the music that, that is mainstream today. 
in that regard. And, and so for me, when I listened to her music, I really had to sit with myself and think like, if I had a daughter today, would I allow her to listen to Sexy Red? And I literally went with my friend to the lyrics. And when we went through the, the lines, for me personally, there was not a line that wasn't a truth statement. And to me, what this journey is about, especially this spiritual walk, this, this divine walk here on this planet Earth, is about truth and authenticity. Not if it's politically correct or if it's, you know, polite or, or, or has a niceties. It's about truth and authenticity. And so when you, when you listen to the words, there's nothing not true, in my view, if you're a woman that you would not desire from your existence. Like, you know, you do have, you know, a coochie, a vagina, you do have a booty hole, you have, you have a desire to, to be pleased by men, whether they have locks or dreads or not. And you, if you have children and you don't, aren't with your child's father, you definitely are looking for a new, new father for your child, you know, a new pappy. So it's like, there's so many aspects of the song to me that resonate with me. And it's, of course, said in the most raw way, but that's what also makes it so beautiful is that it's raw and it's true and it's real and it's authentic. You know, just like when you're eating food, like that, when you, they're always saying the raw food is always the best food for you because it has, you know, it comes, it's comes from real experience. It comes from the earth. It's, it's true. It's, it has the highest vibration. And I, I venture to say that the rawness in her lyrics will carry a vibrational frequency that is very resonant with truth, which is a high frequency. <laughs> And it's interesting to say this in the way that I'm saying it, because for me, it feels right. It feels righteous, you know, it feels righteous and I love it and I love it and I accept it. And if I had a daughter, I would allow her to listen to it because in my view of, of child rearing and especially conscious beings in this day and time is Trauma lives in silence. Secrets create um, a sense of insecurity. Um, hiding, especially, is certainly creates a sense of instability. And so to shelter and hide aspects of this world from, from young minds, from highly conscious young minds, does them a disservice. And it actually precludes a very important teachable moment by the parent, in my view. So with that as sort of the assumption, I would definitely allow my daughter to listen to, frankly, anything. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Because I'm even thinking about when I'm like, we're watching TV and things like watching sex and things like that. Like, I'm, I'm really not, um, I'm not a huge proponent of that. But musical lyrics and, and entertainment and bops like that, like when it's when it's of that nature, like a, the sexy red, you know, there's some aspects that like I'm looking for the holes. Like I'm not sure all the songs would be in that category, but 
pound town definitely would be acceptable to listen to. And it would allow a moment for me to teach my daughter or my son what is acceptable and what is not acceptable to say in public, per se. What is, you know, acceptable and non-acceptable around sexuality, um, expression of sexuality at given stages and ages. And it would allow an opportunity for me to determine, you know, how my daughter would want to express herself or my son would want to express himself when in the presence of this music or in, in this, this environment. And I believe that uh, those are conversations and those are experiences that people run from. They, they don't want to be having these conversations with young kids. They don't even really know how to explain maybe even what is acceptable or acceptable. It's either just right or wrong based on what our parents maybe might have taught us and what maybe feels comfortable or uncomfortable for them. And so with these things in mind, it really begs the question in terms of how do we really align with our power, which is how I started this, this podcast, so that we can truly discern what is acceptable and what is not acceptable for ourselves, for our children, for young ones, for other people that we teach. And of course, you know, everyone's not going to be able to align with this of course because you know having this ratchet frequency is a definitely a special topic like i'm really being very radical with this with this um with our with our example today yet it is an opportunity to really stretch our minds and explore what it means to be in alignment what it means to be in our power what it means to really show up for ourselves in truth and authenticity especially given our pre-programs where we came from and the environments that we were nurtured in. So I really invite us to really sit with that, like sit with this idea of, you know, what does it mean to be in your power? What does it mean to be in your truth? What does it mean to be in your authentic expression? And this is really important to me personally, because I spent so much of my life hiding I spent so much of my life not in my fullest expression, and I spent so much of my life suppressing my true emotion. And I'll just give a few examples around that because I think it's it's definitely relevant for for this um, cast today is to really speak to that which we hide from. And I grew up in a very Catholic church, like uh, it was a Black Catholic church, and very strict about. A lot of things related to our sexual expression. I mean, by the time I was in my early teens and I was a Girl Scout, like I participated literally in a ceremony where I got a ring where I promised that I wouldn't have sex till I got married. And this may be a controversial topic for some. However, for me, I felt like that was not the right thing to do for my my learning, my development, especially as a young, hormonal, sexual uh, young woman. Because it really just cut off conversations around sex, period. So not only was I expected not to do it, I was expected not to talk about it, not to explore, not to even understand what it is or what it was and what it actually brought to my body. 
And now as I'm kind of going through my spiritual journey and I really am starting to understand the sacredness that is sexual intimacy, the, 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 the divinity that's created between two people who are joined in union and love and physical expression and the manifest manifesting and the possibilities that can come out of, you know, a beautiful orgasmic experience, then it, it begs the question, then why was this then robbed of me? Like, why was I like taught to suppress this aspect of myself that actually can create such a beautiful experience when two are in union, whether in marriage or not? And so with that in mind, you know, also thinking about my emotional suppression and, you know, having lost my sister at a very young age at six years old to murder um, and my father not too long after that to a federal imprisonment based off of um, him breaking the rules in his medical practice and not being able to really have an outlet with my mother to mention my sister's name again, to express to people that my father was away in prison. Instead, I was taught to lie and say he was on business trips and such. So this emotional suppression also created this void, if you will, of not being able to be fully recognized for who I am. In many ways, I was very ashamed of who I, who I was. And so then subject to the projections of others, like whatever people said about me was true to me, good or bad. And that, <laughs> that created, you know, a very skewed and I would say um, unhealthy perspective of myself. So much so that it took this, these years of, of spiritual work, of tuning into myself, of listening to, learning how to listen to my own voice to begin to even learn who the fuck I am, what I really stand for, what, what the, 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 all the things that happened in my life, what they really meant to me. And, and so I kind of moved away from my power by not really knowing who I was, by, by suppressing my emotions, by hiding from myself. And when I'm talking today around like being in your power, being in your fullest expression, it comes from a very deep lived experience, lived personal experience and this life of not having lived in my power. Yet, I mean, I still achieved, of course, we can still burn, burn and burn out, you know, burn and burn the candle to, you know, our fire until it burns out, which definitely happened to me when we're just going so hard, we're working so hard and we're not aligning to our power. And then that creates a very sharp disconnect from ourselves and especially from our source, from our God, from, from our from the universe, from our divine nature. And then we spend the rest of our existence on a hamster wheel until we die. And that's actually what I witnessed in my father. It's what I witnessed to a certain extent to my mother, who is now really undergoing a resurrection of sorts. And actually, um, it's beautiful to bear witness to that for her. And, and really understanding that living in this power, living in this truth is what allows us to enjoy life in a free state, liberated 
and and not trapped on a wheel of paying bills and trying to make as much money as as we possibly can to just pay some more bills, which is where so many of us are trapped. And when I was in in business school at Harvard Business School, I remember one of my professors called that and coined that golden handcuff. Because even when you're making a lot of money, like you're oftentimes trapped in a job, in a society, societal structure, in an identity that's not even your own. That's not even your own. So then it really becomes important to channel and connect back to yourself. Asking yourself the very questions around, like, what do I want? Who am I? Why do I do what I do? And the more clear, the more clarity you can have around those questions, the more clarity you can have around who you are, the more clarity you can have around why you do what you do, the more clarity around, you know, why am I even here? Then the more aligned you become, the more confident you become, the more courageous you become, the more powerful you become. So this journey is really about aligning to your authenticity, to your truth. And I brought up all the women, um, the the young, you know, hip hop rap stars and and um, then young influencers because of their raw commitment to truth expression, their raw commitment to their authentic nature. And though it may be controversial, though it may seem wrong, it's their truth. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with your truth, no matter how it makes other people feel. Mm. Right? There's nothing wrong with your truth, especially when you're thinking about others. It doesn't matter how other people feel when it comes to your truth. And I hope that you're able to really receive that because that's the days and times that we're living in. Is in our truest expression, despite how it makes other people feel. Because other people, when they see you and your true expression, eventually get inspired to their own truth expression. In their timing, of course. Yet that's the part that's oftentimes really painful. That's oftentimes the part that breaks ties with family, with old friends, and relationships, is that we're not able to please those around us in our own truth expression. However, you can never truly be aligned with your power, with your gifts, when you're not living in that truth. So... I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of leave it there, um, leave all that on the table for you to sit with and, and for it to, to settle into your being, into your energetic field and your space, because this is the days and times that we're being called and led into is the time of truth, the time of knowing, the time of being exactly who the fuck you are, talking the way you want to talk, dressing the way you want to dress 
loving who you want to love. Be who you came here to be. And we do all that too in our work life, in our personal life, in our, in our family life. There are no boundaries. That expression should be the same throughout. And so I invite you to, you know, drop a comment. If this resonates with you, drop a comment. If this doesn't resonate with you, let's talk about it. Um, because this is, this is what this forum is for. This is what this space is for. It's for, it's for questioning. It's for challenging. It's for really starting to see how can we be better human beings? Like this is collective work. This is conscious collective work, collective conscious work where we are really embodying in each other, leaning on each other to lift the vibration, vibrational frequency of this earth. And also just ushering us into this new earth paradigm where we can all live abundantly, authentically, and truthfully. Okay, y'all. So um, you can always, again, follow me on uh, social media at I am Aaron Patton, leaving comments, sending me messages about how these, these words resonate with you. Also, the Metadisis Millennial podcast is on YouTube and on social media channels. And um, until our next cast, I just wish you all so much love and so much peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.